Hollow Mountain Publishing presents The Pond, book one of the Appalachian Storm series, written and performed by Diana Kilpack. Chapter 32, Indecision Katie was now officially freaked out. Walking out of English class, she looked back towards Miss Smith, who made it a point to give her a small wave. An ugly grimace stretched over her tight teeth. If it didn't look so frightening, Katie would have laughed at the teacher trying to smile. Turning back around, she voiced her concerns. What did we just witness? Chuckling softly, Tyler shook his head. Maybe she decided you're not the daughter of Satan, Lizzie said in speculation. Overnight? I don't think so. Katie gave a nervous laugh. I don't believe I'm going to say this, but I think I prefer her mean. At least I know where I stand. Looking over, she saw Tyler still laughing quietly. I'm glad you're enjoying this over my expense, Katie grumbled. Tyler glanced her way, giving her a wink. Smiling back into his handsome face, she felt better. Are we still on for tonight? She asked him. Lizzie put her arm around Tyler's waist. Are you sure it's okay if I come later? Katie nodded. We already discussed coming at different times. Then we could have more individual lessons with Jackson. I can't wait to learn how to wear clothes, Lizzie said. After school, Katie found Tyler through the throng of people spilling out of the building. Giving him a wave, she headed towards the Hummer. Tyler gave the large SUV a loving pat before climbing in. His smile contagious, Katie laughed as he stroked the dashboard. You want to drive? Needing no encouragement, he jumped out and ran around to the driver's seat. Katie scooted over to the passenger seat. Watching him, she noticed he was looking particularly nice. He was wearing a nice pair of jeans and a shirt that set off his eyes. Remembering him always in ragged hand-me-down clothes, you're looking nice today, she commented. Tyler gave a quick laugh as he turned the engine over. Candace, nodding and understanding, Katie grinned. She gave us clothes, too. Pretty sweet, huh? My foster mom thinks I'm selling drugs, Tyler said as he pulled onto the road. Surprised, Katie looked over. He was always so quiet. She had no idea about his home life. Drugs? Yeah. She told me when I get arrested, she's not going to bail me out. She's just going to call child services to move my butt out of her house. Katie nodded, trying not to show her feelings. I guess we don't have to worry about that. I imagine what her face would look like if I ever changed in her presence. It usually gives me a laugh just thinking about it. Katie noticed Tyler was once again uncharacteristically verbal. He seemed more confident than he used to be. Do you know where I should turn? Katie looked down at the GPS on her phone. Giving him directions, they headed up through the canyon. Katie remembered going through this area with her Camaro. Going around the corner where she lost control, she couldn't help looking down the ravine. Tyler slowed down so she could get a better look. Shaking her head in wonder, she realized how lucky she was to be alive. I turn here. Katie glanced back down, gave him the rest of the directions. 
Coming to a gate, a small electronic box was placed by the driver's side window. Katie gave Tyler the numbered code to get in. The gate swung open. He drove carefully down the lane. Do you get the feeling Candace has more money than she lets on? Tyler asked casually. Katie smiled. Yeah, she finally fessed up when she told me about this place. Not really knowing what to expect, Katie gave a quick gasp when the lodge came into view. Tyler gave a low whistle. Large could hardly describe the place. It was huge. It was made out of the biggest logs Katie had ever seen. It had a large sweeping porch that had at least 50 chairs posed in various groupings. The door was hewn from a single piece of wood. Getting out of the vehicle, they both tentatively stepped onto the porch. Looking around, she looked over at Tyler, who gave her an uncertain smile. Walking towards the massive door, she turned the large knob. It opened gracefully, with very little noise. Entering the premises, she could see a massive fireplace in the far wall. Everything was clean and polished to a fine sheen. Furniture lined the walls, leaving a large open space. Looking up, she saw a loft upstairs, which left the middle of the room open to vaulted ceilings. Turning in a small circle, she could see railings surrounding the whole upstairs. In the corner, she spotted movement. Concentrating, she could see a dark figure in the shadows. She watched the shadow carefully. Jackson? She reached out with her thoughts. The dark figure stepped out, swung over the railing, and dropped the twenty feet to land lightly on his feet. Jackson walked gracefully towards them, with a cocky smile on his lips. Immediately upon seeing him, the doubts and fears she felt all day ran to the forefront of her mind. Frowning slightly, she watched him as sadness enveloped her soul. Jackson immediately stopped, watching her carefully. She realized he was feeling her emotions. Well, teacher, here we are, she said brightly. Jackson kept watching her carefully. Turning to Tyler, he directed him where he could change out of his clothes. Turning back, he waited until Tyler was safely gone. What's wrong, Katie? She shook her head, unable to talk about it. Stepping closer, he reached out, softly touching her cheek. Do I have to remind you again? I can feel your emotions. Not now, Jackson. I have to learn how to fight. She tried to brush him off. Nodding, Jackson directed her where she could go to change. Changing quickly, Katie returned in wolf form. She watched Jackson teach Tyler a few moves. He then turned to her. This time around, he didn't hold anything back. When she did something wrong, he quickly moved in, usually causing some kind of pain. She liked the way he taught, giving the instructions first. They tried them out on each other before trying the moves out on Jackson. She appreciated the fact that he gave her no preferential treatment. It didn't seem very long at all when Lizzie and Candy showed up. Realizing how fatigued she was, she went in and dressed. Going up the stairs, she leaned on the rail watching Jackson work with the girls. Tyler came up and stood next to her. He's really good. Katie nodded quietly, the sadness entering her heart again. We're lucky you found him. I didn't find him, Tyler. He found me. She noticed Jackson looking towards her. She couldn't help chuckling when Lizzie took advantage of his distraction. She took him down for the first time that day. Tyler, come down here. I want to show you something. Jackson reached out with his mind. Doesn't he get tired? Tyler mumbled before leaving. Candy soon came upstairs, leaning on the rail next to her. 
This is some place, Candy smiled. I almost told you about it that first day, when you were trying to figure out what to do with me. Katie smiled at the memory. I have never seen logs this large before. The trees came from around here, Candy explained. The lodge was built just after the Civil War. It was around the same time loggers came and cut all the trees. Katie turned around to see the large logs. The trees were that big? It seems a real shame, doesn't it? Katie agreed. Looking down, she watched the fighting. Is there something wrong? Katie quickly glanced towards Candy. She needed to talk to someone and get another perspective. Her first choice was no longer available. Confiding in Lizzie didn't feel right. Making a decision, she started telling her about the bodies she and Jackson found, and then her conversation with Forrest. Candy frowned, looking down at the play fighting continuing below. What are you going to do? I don't know, Katie mumbled softly. What do you think I should do? Candy didn't say anything for a while. You can't judge him for something he hasn't done or on something he may do in the future. Katie nodded. Look, my outlook on this may be a little twisted in Jackson's favor, Candy stressed. But if there is anyone out there who has the will and courage to beat this, it would be him. Katie desperately wanted to believe her. Should I tell him about Forrest? Candy nodded. I would. What if it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy? If it's going to happen anyway, why fight it? No, you're looking at this wrong, Katie. Better to be forewarned. He knows what he's fighting against. Everything Candy said made sense. Hope was finding its way into her heart. Looking down, she noticed Jackson looking up at her. We need him, Katie, Candy stressed. He needs us. I don't think we can do anything without him. Katie listened intently, feeling better. Thanks, she said quietly. Jackson soon called a halt for the night. Sending everyone home, he grabbed Katie's arm, stopping her from leaving. I'll drive you home. Katie watched the others leave, knowing a conversation was inevitable. She sat down on one of the large chairs. What's going on? Jackson didn't waste any time. Katie gave a deep breath, then proceeded to tell him everything Forrest had told her. Jackson listened, his eyes drifting away. I'm not going to change, Katie, Jackson said emphatically. I don't care what that old man said. He got up and started pacing the small area in front of her. What were you and Candace talking about? I told her what was worrying me. Jackson gave her a twisted smile. What did the debutante have to say? Katie sat up straighter, resenting his judgment. The debutante told me to give you the benefit of the doubt, not to judge you on something you didn't do, and to tell you immediately. Jackson had the decency to look ashamed. You keep calling her the debutante like having money is something truly terrible. She tells me your family has as much money as hers. My family's money doesn't define who I am. Wow, that's truly amazing. I believe Candy said exactly the same thing. She was always a copycat. I believe this time around, you're copying her. Jackson gave her an assessing look. She really said all those things? Her exact words were, Look, my outlook on this may be a little twisted in Jackson's favor, but if there was anyone out there who has the will and courage to beat this, it would be him. Jackson stared at her in disbelief. I always thought. He stopped, staring off into space. Looking down, he grinned. 
I always thought she was like her mother. Katie raised her eyebrows. Her mother. Ugh. Jackson shook his whole body in mock agitation. She can't be that bad. Jackson nodded. You have no idea. Hi, this is Diana Kilpack. I hope you've enjoyed this week's chapter of The Pawn, the first book in the Appalachian Storm series. Until next week, and our imaginations meet again, have a great day.